Have you ever wondered how to tweak your pricing so that more customers will buy? If you raise your prices, would your sales decrease? Not necessarily. Today, we talk with Amazon best-selling author Alan Langer about pricing strategy and how to sell more by selling less. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, hey, hey. It's Friday. Hey, Mark. How's it going, Ben? It's going really well. How was your weekend? Oh, it was uh, fantastic. Or should I say, how was your week? Since this is definitely Friday that we're recording. This is definitely a Friday. (laughs) My week was so good. It was uh, filled with adventure and excitement and food. Uh, I find that my team, you know, they just love love when I bring food to the office. So I'll just surprise them with street tacos and it makes everybody's spirits lifted. And I'm like, this was easy. 30 bucks to bring this much joy. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you know, one thing that really brings me joy is when we get reviews from our, from our listeners. So should we uh, tell them how the review challenge works? Yeah. So go on to iTunes, wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star review and leave a comment. And in that comment, we would like you to use our randomly generated noun. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> a randomly generated noun. And so, Ben, what is that noun? The suspense, Ben, is killing me. <laughs> my, my website got closed. Oh, no. Our <laughs> randomly generated noun website has crashed. <laughs> There's no way to randomly generate one from my brain. All right, here we go. It's back up. It's back up. Oh, nice. Perfect. Candidate is your random noun. Candidate. All right, squeeze in the word candidate into your next review, and you may be entered to win something. No, that's not true. But we, <laughs> you will have our eternal gratefulness for your review. Uh, that's we right. really appreciate it. Well, hey, enough jacking around. Let's get to business. It's business time. Uh, I'm excited for today's guest. Why don't you give us a little intro to who we have on the show today? Today, we have Alan Langer with us. He's the author of Amazon bestseller, The Seven Secrets of Selling More by Selling Less. With close to three decades of sales excellence, Alan coaches and trains sales teams around the world to solve instead of sell. Alan, welcome to The Friday Habit. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And that was, uh, I, I was ready to generate a noun if, if the computer didn't work. So <laughs> I, I should have given you a heads up and uh, you could have generated that for us. <laughs> Thanks for well, having me, guys. Yeah, happy to have you. And um, I'm super excited to talk to you today about specifically about pricing. I know you have a whole book, The Seven Secrets of Selling More by Selling Less. But the thing I'm most curious about for today is about some pricing psychology stuff. So I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through from your book some of the top tips that you have to you know helping us price our products or services so we can sell more. Yeah, it's actually, I would say it's probably one of my favorite chapters in the book. I really enjoyed writing it and I really kind of got addicted to pricing when I was selling sort of toward the end of my career because what happens with salespeople is pricing, 
with the exception of the retail industry, pricing is usually an afterthought or it's generated by some sort of algorithm or if you're in a mom and pop shop, they're sitting at Starbucks figuring out what they should charge for the for the new t-shirts coming in. There's no strategy behind it. The only strategy is, all right, if we sell it at $10, we're going to make this so we can pay our insurance and we can pay our employees, things like that. But there's so much more behind pricing and a lot of it is psychological. Hmm. And most people do not look at or even entertain the fact that pricing is people buy pricing psychologically they, they buy things because of feeling because of emotions and that comes down to, to psychological occurrences in the brain and when you actually incorporate that into your pricing you'll actually just sell more even if the pricing is higher than what you think it should be hmm. That's very interesting. So what are, give us some examples of that, you know, give us some examples. I'll give you a great example of it. The number nine. So everyone knows the number nine. It's a, it's a retail cornerstone where 999. Yes. It's it's very (laughs) rare to see a price in a store that doesn't end in a nine. That's not by accident. That is a psychological proven effect when you buy something. So 999 feels better and looks better than $10, even though it's one cent. Hmm. But what's really fascinating about the number nine is, and with all the research that's been done, they still don't understand why psychologically nine feels better than a zero. Now, what they wanted to do, so one of these studies that I really, really loved was they wanted to see if it's the number nine itself or if it's the fact that it's one cent less that makes people hmm. buy. So they took a woman's blouse uh, in a regular you know, uh, department store. Uh, same exact blouse, but they sold it for three different prices. They sold one for $34, they sold one for $39, and they sold one for $40. So $34, $39, and $40. Out of those three choices, which one do you think would sell the most? The cheapest one, right? <laughs> the cheapest one. Everyone think. well, I would obviously buy the $34 yeah. blouse. It wasn't even close. The $39 blouse outsold the other two by about 90%. Wow. So that showed researchers that it wasn't the fact that the 39 was less than the 40, but the nine does something in your brain to actually make you spend $5 more than the $34 blouse. And they're really trying to figure out, still trying to figure out why. So big tip number one, even if you're a consultant or something where you're used to charging something that ends in a zero, like $1,500, $2,100, end it in a nine, even a seven, a seven has the, the, kind of the same effect ended in a nine or a seven and you'll actually sell more because you're doing that are, are you serious <laughs> it almost serious. seems hard to believe i'm thinking like wait a second so so you're telling me if say we have um a service that's thirty five hundred dollars right correct you're saying i should either make it like thirty nine hundred dollars or make it no no make the last number the last number should be a nine or a seven so, so if you have a $3,59 or something like that or 3497 3497 i'm telling you right now if i'm looking <laughs> at a website and and i'm looking at two consulting services and one is thirty five dollars and thirty five hundred and one is thirty four ninety seven i'm choosing the thirty four ninety seven every day of the week and it's only a three dollar difference yeah, and it's so interesting. It's like one of those things where, like me personally, I, I and I'm curious what your philosophy is on this, but 
I've always just picked round numbers. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not going to trick anybody into thinking this is cheaper. It's like $1. Like, I, I respect my clients enough to be like, I know you can tell a difference between something that's $1 cheaper or $3 cheaper. So you're saying it's not about tricking people into thinking that it's cheaper. It's just like it actually feels better or feels more official or something like that. Exactly right. Yeah, you're not doing it to trick people. You're doing it because you want people to have a comfortable feeling buying something from you. Mm -hmm. And again, with all the, I mean, there's been thousands of studies on it. They still don't know exactly what's going on in the brain to do that. But ending in a nine or a seven makes people feel like they made a, a better purchase, really. Like, think about it. If you're online and you're looking at something or you're looking to buy a service, when was the last time you saw something online end in a zero? You'll normally see $97. You normally see $197, $199. you will never, ever see $200, ever. Mm. And it, it, mm. so if it didn't work, it wouldn't. they wouldn't do that. It, it works all the time. You see a $197 a lot. Yeah, $197 feels better than $200. And, and it's not like you're not feeling like you're tricked. You're just feeling like it's a better deal. Yeah, like at the dollar section at Target, there's some things that are actually $5. And it, actually, I feel weird when I see $5. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you feel weird. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a round number and you're not used to looking at a tag or a thing and yeah. it being just five bucks or ten dollars. Yeah. It's yeah, like it what? feels like oh, this is looks broken. And 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 let's take your example, Ben. Let's say you, you know, you've got a proposal out there and and you, there's a company looking at website design and your proposal is five thousand and there's another company that they like and their proposal is forty nine ninety seven. And they're kind of like, hmm, I like both of these guys. Psychologically, there's more of a chance of them choosing the forty nine ninety seven than the five thousand, unless you really blew them away with your own presentation hmm. yourself. That's interesting. So, okay, here's something I've seen before. When you're looking at prices, have you ever seen one of those like really oddly specific prices? Like it almost seems randomly specific, where it's like one thousand two hundred eighty four dollars and fifty two cents for my course, versus yes. like oh, just like thirteen hundred dollars or something. Now, that's a little different than saying using a nine or a seven. Is there a strategy behind that that makes sense or works? Do you know? Like, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I think when I see those type of things, that that to me sell, tells me that the bean counters are in charge of the pricing and they use some sort of algorithm to figure it out. And that's what came up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way you would put $1,297.15 as a price <laughs> unless it was generated by a computer. Um, right. So when I see something like that, I think it's a computer generated type of thing. Um, when it's done by a human being and it's done right, it, it should always be a nine or a seven. Hmm. I'm curious, uh, have you seen any studies from different cultures? Because I was wondering if it's a culturally taught thing, you know, over time that would, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I guess it does work, but it's just interesting. I wonder if there's any cultural studies of different countries or anything where they have a different thing they're used to. Yeah, I haven't done any studies outside or haven't looked at any studies outside the United States or the UK or in England. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's very, very similar with pounds. Uh, um, the, the concept is exactly the same because the yeah. psychological effect is exactly the same. Uh, and then, you know, that's a good segue into a, into a second tip where, and again, you'll see this, I, I pay attention to this probably a lot more than other people because I'm a geek about pricing, but once I, I love seeing the techniques being used and being used the right way. So not only can you end things in a, in a seven or a nine, but then you actually give people choices to choose. You don't want to just give one price. You want to give people a choice. And the psychological reason for that is rather than making them decide, do I want to buy this? They're deciding psychologically what 
program do I want to buy instead? Mm. So they become a buyer before they're a buyer because they're now choosing what program or what what offer or what you know package that you have. So if you can list things in three, and I and I and I can tell you a story uh, in a second about that, but end in a seven or a nine, and then list things in three and give people a choice. You're again, you're well on your way to to making that sale. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so one of my questions actually has to do with that because I'm thinking, you know. One thing that I've liked to do in the past, which I may change, is that I like to give people a yes or no thing to react to at the end of a call because I like to be like, hey, after I talk to them, here's exactly what we could do for you, what it would cost, you know, kind of give them a yes or no. But then, you know, I'm then I'm thinking, okay, do I give them three options? Or in some cases, can that slow down people giving them too many choices? Or is it like three a good general rule and say, hey, just don't give more than three choices? You know what I mean? So are you saying that at the end of your conversation, you, you give them one price and you want them to say yes or no? Yeah, usually I do. Although I will say there's a little bit of a nuance here where I actually kind of redirect from the yes or no. I don't kind of ask them directly yes or no. I actually more ask them like when they would like to do their project. So then they're kind of making choices about dates rather than about the project. Right. That's a good strategy. Yeah. So that is part of it too. So it's more like, okay, let's, let's make this real. Let's talk about when this could actually happen. And then they also kind of start thinking about like when and imagining when it can get done and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess I'm wondering, does that complicate things in situations like that? Or is that actually uh, in, in almost every case, a better strategy to use options? There's two parts to that. First of all, when you when you put things in, uh, first of all, it has to be three. It cannot be any more than three. Can it be two? Two doesn't have the same effect. And and when I tell you this story, it, 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 Alex, it, okay. it, you'll understand it why. But unless it's visual, unless it's in front of them uh, on a piece of paper uh, or on a on a screen, saying it is not going to ne- have nearly the same effect. So if you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you're making them, you know, make the decision over the phone. You may want to stay with that strategy, but if they're going, if you're going to send them a proposal, uh-huh. it absolutely should have three choices. And here's what you need to do with the choices. So, in your mind, let's say you have three packages. You know, you have the intro website package, you have the medium, and then the the, the Dalai Lama of packages, <laughs> the Cadillac, the Cadillac, right? But you genuinely believe that that Cadillac is the best deal for that customer. It's the best right. thing to purchase, the best bang for their buck. Yep. So you you want to get them to choose that, but obviously being the most expensive, a lot of people automatically knee jerk back to the least expensive or maybe they'll usually pick the middle one. Right. So here's what you want to do. You want to position that third price or that third package as the package that makes the most sense psychologically. So here's a story to understand this. So there was a Movie theater. This is sort of like a pricing urban myth, but it's an awesome story to understand what I what I mean. So there's a movie theater manager, and he had two two options for popcorn. He had small for five dollars, and he had large for eight dollars or seven fifty, whatever it was. So he had two prices. Ninety something percent of his popcorn sales were small. Nobody mm-hmm. bought the large. And he was driving himself crazy. Like, why is nobody buying the large? It's such a better deal, not only for the customer, but it's a better profit margin for the company. Mm-hmm. So he was racking his brain what to do. And he said, you know what? I'm going to add a medium selection here. But instead of making it $5, $6, $8, he made the medium $7.50. So he had a small popcorn for 5 a medium for $7.50, and a large for 8 Now, all of a sudden, the customer is looking at those three options and the $8 popcorn immediately became a better deal psychologically. 
same exact price. <laughs> they added the medium popcorn and oh, over 90% of his popcorn sales went to the large instead of the small. Nobody ever bought a medium. And that's the strategy. You don't put the medium in for, per, for people to buy it. You put the medium uh, in to get them to the better package for themselves. Ooh, this is interesting. Uh, it's funny because they, st- I think they actually do that at the movie theaters because <laughs> the <laughs> medium is so close to price to large. I always get the large because <laughs> it's like of eh, yeah. 50 cents more. I might as well get the free refill bucket. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they have it. They even ask you, they upsell you at the register. They say, well, you know, for a quarter more, would you like to right. get the large? Uh, they oh, do man. that, but see, I've that, never heard this before because normally what I've heard is, okay, three, you do three pricings and you want to drive people to the middle one, you know, because it's, but this is, we're driving people to the large. I like that. Yeah. I, I like to do the, to get them to the better package. Cause see, to me, when you drive them to the middle one, that's fine. That's a strategy that a lot of people use because, you know, they, they make the, they make this, the, the, the intro package sound so cheap. You don't want to get it. They make the, the, the big package so expensive, right. like, well, I'm just going to pick the middle, which is fine. But to me, that makes me feel like I'm settling for something that when I really could get the bit, the better one. Mm-hmm. If I'm actually feeling like I got a great deal and it's the best package, man, you got a great customer. Now you yeah. got like, wow, I got a great deal from this company. I got their best package and it was a great price psychologically. Mm-hmm. If I made that medium popcorn, $6 and 25 cents, everyone would buy the medium popcorn. And you'd be like, all right, I bought a medium popcorn. But if you buy the large, you're like, hey, honey, I got, look at this. I got this large popcorn. It's only 50 cents more than the medium. That's right. I'm a winner. You're like a genius. You're exactly. Again, it's all psychological. Just scammed this movie theater and they don't even know how good of a deal I got. That, that's really interesting. So, so when I send out a package, I, when I send out a proposal, you know, and I really understand what the customer wants. I really try to guide them toward the larger package because they're going to feel better. And sometimes they're like, "Oh, it's not what I wanted to spend." But then you, when when they think about it, like, you know, just for another five hundred dollars, I can get all of this extra stuff. So hmm, uh, that's that, that, so. But it's always got to be in three. Yeah, which makes so much sense to me. I mean. We're, we're a content agency, so we're, you know, creating, you know, photos and, and videos and, you know, we're doing social media management. We're doing all these kind of marketing things. And I'm always feel like, oh man, you guys, if we just spend this much, we could also get a custom website and we could also do, you know, these other things. Mm-hmm. And so really pushing people into that, the, the top tier package is also going to be the, this is best experience and they're going to get everything that they really want, you know? So I, I like that idea. Yeah, it can never be, let me do this so I can make more money because then it won't work. E- even when you do that, they're going to, st- a customer will smell that. Yeah. I- if it's genuinely like, you know, this package is really the best package for my customer, they're going to know that. They're going to feel that. And that's the goal of that, of the pricing it that way. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And that, that's an interesting distinction because I, you know, in my meetings, I tend to recommend exactly what I think is right for them, whether it's the small, medium, or large option. Right. But what you're saying is like if it's on your website, when you don't have control over that conversation where you can kind of explain why this is a good fit for their situation or you know maybe the proposal, then it's like that's where this pricing stuff especially really helps a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think in a proposal, you, you probably don't put pricing on your website, I don't think, right? No. Yeah, so but when you get it to a proposal, even if it's a small or let's say you think your your medium package is the best one for them, um, maybe you design it where the medium package makes you make them feel like it's the best package. 
instead of just leaving it as the medium package. So there's, there's ways to play with it. Right. But you always want them to feel like they're getting the best package for the money. For sure. Obviously, you, you, you know, you want to make as much money as well, as, as, as well. But again, you're not going to, you know, I did this video on, on LinkedIn yesterday about selling with integrity. You don't want to sell stuff to people that they don't need. There's oh, a yeah. lot of companies out there that say, I'm going to just upsell you, you know, to death and you don't need half that crap that they're, yeah. they're selling you. If you sell with integrity, you, you, you know, you're guided by that. You'll, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah, for sure. There's many times where we talk to somebody and I want to launch a new website and we're like, you know, I, I would focus on getting these things in your business in order first, or you're going to be wasting money on build, building a website at this point until you have all your ducks in a row here. There you go. So that, that happens a lot. And, and that builds a lot of trust with people too. They know you're actually looking out for them and it's like a long-term relationship. They won't forget that, you know, cause you actually kind of looked out for them. So yep, hundred percent. Yep. Around pricing. Um, cause I'm thinking about you know, pricing, especially when I was first coming up, it was the most difficult thing for me. You know, it was so hard to think, you know, because at one point you're like, all right, I need money so I can <laughs> shoot this video for fifteen hundred bucks, right? But then on the other on the other side of things, I don't want to leave money on the table, right? right? And so, I mean, do you have any thoughts around you know pricing and you know what I see now? You know, is a lot of guys coming up, they're just underpricing themselves, and it's hard for them to to you know grow a business or or be profitable because they're just not charging enough, you know. Um, so do you have any yeah. thoughts around? you know, like figuring out how to price your service, you know, I, I think a product makes a little bit more sense to me as far as, you know, if it costs me five cents for, you know, to buy this product, then I can do the math and figure out how to sell it at a price that, that is profitable. But when you're dealing with services, you know, you're making a website mm -hmm. or you're designing a logo or you're shooting a video. I mean, what are your thoughts and ideas around pricing services? So, you have to decide at some point in your career what you're worth and you have to stick with it. The companies or even the young people coming up, I, I, I always coach them. If you believe that you're worth $2,000 to develop this website, you have to stick to your guns and be at $2,000. I know it's so easy to say, all right, I'll just to get the job, I'll do this for you for a thousand bucks. But it always will come back and bite you in the ass. One, because they're going to tell three other people that you did it for a thousand bucks, and then you can never charge more. And two, you're devaluing your 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 own value. You know, mm -hmm. someone people appreciate the fact that, uh, like I know, if I talk to someone, everyone always wants a good deal. You're always going to say, "Well, can you do a little better than that?" And when someone says, "No, that's my price," I actually res respect that person more than the person who just drops right away and says, "All right, I'll just do this for you for." For fifteen hundred instead of two thousand, um, so you really have to stick to your guns with your with your service. Come up with a price that that's profitable for you that you're going to make money, and you're going to come across as the as the company that does better work anyway. Because mm -hmm. here's the other thing: if mostly clients that are shopping price, those are clients you don't want. You don't want you don't want price shoppers. Price shoppers are the worst shoppers in the world because as you're yes. developing it, they're going to want more and more for free. Uh. Uh, uh, I, yes. I recently, I recently just like was ready to cut my head off. I, I took on this client that I should have never did. I should have called you, Ben. I told him I would design his website for him. I was stupid. <laughs> and I think I told you this when we were talking, it's like, I, I, I now I know how to put together a, a, uh, a website contract. Cause I never put to get, I never put in there how many revisions are allowed. Okay, and I yeah. would literally get eight or 10 texts from this guy every single day. 
well, I don't think the shade of blue is exactly what I'm looking for, or I think I need a comma here instead of the pure. It was an absolute nightmare. So, and he was a price shopper. So, um, yeah, never again. I learned my lesson a while ago. Oh man, this has been a, a very fascinating conversation. Don't forget to tune in next week for the second part of this episode. You're, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, and if you want to know more about The Friday Habit, head over to thefridayhabit.com where you can connect with us and get more information about the download guide and learn how to really set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. Yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode, please go to thefridayhabit.com slash review. Then from there, you can open up the Apple Podcast app or visit the link on our website and leave us a review. That's right. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening today to The Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.